Yo, what's up? Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tent Talk Podcast. Welcome back again. And I want to let everybody know right now, today is a day of the season finale of season one of Tent Talk Podcast. I was originally going to do 10 episodes in a season, but I was like, you know what? I see some things. I got a little busy. I'm so sorry for being a little inconsistent there, missing, I think, the past week and those two podcasts. But I just want to update everybody from now on. After So season one, I wanted to come out with the bang. I wanted to pump out two episodes per week so you guys can get an understanding of what exactly the podcast is about and also how, you know, how, how I'm working this thing out, right? Um, but the cool thing is, for now on, because I know everybody has a busy schedule, we got COVID-19, you know, everything that's going on, the cool thing is, is I'm just going to do one a week. It's a little bit easier for me, I guess, in a way, because I can actually, you know, four episodes is just one month, and I can record really four episodes in like two days, so it's not it's not a big deal to me, and I'm able to just pump these suckers out, I'm able to like pump these bad boys out uh, for you guys, and I also want to say that thank you for everyone that's listening. Um, I do have listeners. There's, you know, multiple people. I, I look at the uh, my statistics, and uh, you know, there is definitely a decent amount of you out there listening to this podcast. So I thank you so much. I thank you for sharing. If you're sharing it, and if you're not, hey, no big deal. Um, I just know there's a few people out there that I'm pretty sure that are listening to it, but you haven't let me know, and that's completely fine. But today is the day. Like I promised everybody, end of August. Today is the day. Wait for it. Y'all know what it is. I shared my testimony. I shared my testimony like so many times over the past seven years or coming up on seven years this fall. And I want to share it with you guys. I think that there is a good amount of people out there that are listening to this that either I serve with, your family, your friends. I've met you in Texas. I met you in California. Uh, I met you like where I grew up in Ohio, different cities. I met you in Washington. But some people that have met me do not know my testimony. And like I said earlier on in the beginning of this season, I kind of shared a little bit of details that you know a little bit about me with my testimony and the kind of the background, but I'm going to give you the whole just. With my testimony, since, you know, this is a podcast, I have a little bit more time rather than a two-minute testimony or five-minute testimony. So what I like to do is I kind of like to share my growing up side of story because I, ha- I have to set I have to lay down the foundation all right of the story so i'm chilling right now you know I, I, right now i got my arizona tea if y'all hear stuff in the background look i got this ghetto set up but i got a decent mic so um like i said these are phone conversations with me aka slash tent conversations with me that i'll be having with jesus so i just want to make it raw and authentic i don't want y'all to think i'm like somewhere in some like secret location studio you know i want you guys to be you know as close to me possibly you know through through the intercom, through the audio, through the audio waves here, okay? I don't know why he's got an Italian accent there. But like I said, I'm chilling right now, um, drinking my Arizona raspberry tea. It's fire, like always. Um, that's the only thing they had left um, at the store. I usually go for the, I think it's the lemon, the lemon, Arizona lemon. But anyways, all right, back to back to my testimony. Uh, where do I want to start? I'm going to start at the beginning. Not only am I going to start at the beginning of my life, I do want to go ahead and throw this out there because it's actually a big deal to me, is that 
I want to say this before, because I know I might forget it at the end, and then you're kind of trying to piece things together. So I'm going to do this in chronological order as ways I possibly can. Um, but I need you to give, I have to give you a little sneak bit. So my, you know, it, in your life, there are seeds that get planted. And there's bad seeds and there are good seeds. And so when I'm telling you my testimony, keep seeds in mind. I, I will still reveal to you um, the good seeds and the bad seeds. But do understand, hear me when I say this, do understand there was bad seeds planted in my life and there was good seeds that were planted in my life. And because of that, there were certain things that sprouted um, from those seeds and I went down some paths that I shouldn't have went down. But it's so cool because now that I'm in a relationship with Jesus and I see the seeds that I plant into people and that the Father has planted in me and things that have been watered. Again, bad seeds being watered and bad seeds being planted and good seeds being planted and good seeds being watered. I wanted to hit on that. Um, first and foremost, my mind is like, my mind has file cabinets in them and I'm able to kind of go in there and, and pull out folders. <laughs> and I just want to say this is because when I start telling this story, I'm going to start pull, I'm going to start opening those file cabinets up and sharing with you different folders that I have in there. Okay. So put it like this, those that are, you know, wherever you're listening from, I was born and raised, uh, Dayton, Ohio. Um, it's right outside the capital of Ohio. It's about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes west of Columbus. The majority of my life, like I said, I grew up born and raised in Dayton. But my real dad, uh, he is from Toledo. So I bounce back and forth a lot between um, Dayton and Toledo. So very early on in my life, I discovered that I had a really good memory. So, um, you know, I can remember the age of like, I think my earliest memories were my, my granny giving me a, a bath in a, in, a, in a sink. So I have no clue how old that was, but it's probably around two and a half years old, something crazy. So put it like this, um, so you kind of know the, the foundations of this. I was, like I said, I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, um, and I'm 24 years old. For those that don't know, I was born December 27th, 1995. I kind of want to give a little bit of my life story and testimony, okay, guys? So Because there could be people listening that don't know these things. So, anyways, um, my mom, when my mom got pregnant with me, uh, her and my dad split. And so my mom uh, went down from Toledo to Dayton. And my mom was 21 when she had me. Um, my, I was my mom's third child at the time. So my mom had uh, three kids at the age of 21. My mom's testimony is ridiculously supernatural like mine. But long story short, my mom had three kids at 21 years old um, from age one to four. My great-grandma, my mamma, who actually just recently passed, she actually raised me from like one to four. And she actually wanted to really keep me because, again, my mom was 21. My mom was a high school dropout. And, um, you know, that was a lot of stress on my mother. So my mamma wanted to relieve some of that stress. Um, you know, things happened, and I ended up staying with my mom. And um, so, again, so four years old, um, I'm living with my mom. And uh, we start going to church. And so from four years old all the way up until I graduated high school, I was literally raised in church, like straight up. We, we Our family got volunteered, and we got all the kids got volunteered and volunteered for everything. Um, FYI, I have 10 brothers and sisters. So my dad has kids with other women uh, on my dad's side. And then my stepdad, who married my mom, he brought also a kid in. So it's a lot of different baby mamas and baby daddies in my family. And so I'm kind of the cliche Midwest, black, white, uh, mixed kid. So 
that's kind of like that for the family talk. Now, let's go to the God talk so we clear that up. I just wanted to let y'all know. I want to give y'all the insights, give y'all the, spill the tea for y'all, right? The tea talk. So anyways, like I said, grew up in church um, from four years old all the way up. We Church became a chore, really. Uh, like I said, we volunteered, got voluntold for everything. So before in the mil- when you're in the military, like you get voluntold for everything. You learn what voluntold is. I knew what voluntold was before I got in the military just because of growing up in church. Uh, what I mean by growing up in church, I mean that we was in church and not only on Sundays. We was there Wednesdays. We was there Thursdays. We was helped building a, this one church we was a part of. I mean, you know, the whole nine yards. I got, you know, when you have a bigger, come from a bigger family, um, you know, there's a lot of kids. So, you know, oh, let's utilize the kids and let's make them do everything, clean up and tear down and, 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 and set up. So, you know, it was a good time, though. You know, I have a lot of memories growing up in church and I have a lot of friends and, and to be honest, not friends, they're family, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that I met and, and just so many crazy and cool stories. So let me go ahead and get in here. At an early age, when I grew up in church, I always believed in Jesus. I always believed in God. I, I did. And I never questioned, is there a God? Um, did Jesus die for my sins? Even at the, the youngest age. Now, every single time in church, they asked someone to give their life to Christ. I was always the one raising my hand. There was a specific time, I believe I was around um, I was around 12 years old, and I was in Tennessee at Gatlinburg at this at this uh, church camp, and it was like three days long, and third day was there, all these different worship bands and pastors and people sharing their testimony. So I do remember that one very vividly, and, and I do believe, so at 12 years old, you know, I gave my life to Christ, but I think I gave my life to Christ, you know, at, at five years old or six years old, maybe even four years old, I was growing up in the church. Like I said, every single time they said it, I really meant it with my heart, so when people ask me, when did you give your life to Christ? Uh, as far as I can remember, it was like maybe four or five years old. But, but vividly, I do remember uh, I started doing some bad stuff. And I was around like 12 years old. And that one, really, I wanted Jesus to forgive me for like what I was doing. And and that one just meant more, right? There was, there was more behind it. So growing up, you know, um, my, I, I didn't, get to see my father, my real father, until I was about, I want to say four and a half, five, but I want to say I was five years old when I, when I see my, my, my real father. And I didn't get along with my stepfather very early on in age, which, which just makes sense. Um, but like very shortly, like I started, like, I loved my stepfather, I loved my stepfather, um, you know, like very shortly period after. So there's these big custody battles. I learned how to tie my shoes in a social services, uh, building, uh, our social social worker, you know, child services building, you know, downtown in downtown Dayton. My uh, grandma, my stepdad side actually taught me how to tie my shoes because I'm left-handed and she's left-handed. So, you know, out of all the kids that grew up in my household, you know, I was the only one, you know, getting social workers talking to me, talking about am I getting hit at the house, you know, just a bunch of just crazy stuff at an early age. And so my dad started getting custody over me, uh, visitation rights. So, you know, I had to go from Dayton to Toledo um, on, you know, weekends sometimes, sometimes he would come down and he would, uh, you know, pick me up at first. It was just visitation. Um, I had to stay within Dayton and then it, and then it went up to, um, then it went up to Toledo and I got to stay up there and meet my family on my dad's side and, and everything. So this is where things took a drastic turn. So very early on when I was around, I do want to say this was in between age seven and age nine it could have been before age seven and age nine because 
there were some things that, that took place in kindergarten that I don't know if I was curious or it happened after. So, again, I know you're like, I thought you say I, I do have a good memory, but what I'm about to say was it, it's, tra- I guess it is, it's trauma. So it happened on multiple occasions. So because it, it was trauma, it happened on multiple occasions, uh, it, it blends. So sometimes I think that happened at this period and this one and that time happened in another period. Meaning I think sometimes I see the memory where this one happened first and that happened second or that one happened second and that one happened first. This happened on, uh, to my knowledge, it was definitely two occasions, but it could have been three. So when I started visiting my, my father up in Toledo, I was around, around um, just other family members and things of mine, uh, step and, you know, step cousins and the whole nine yards. So one, one of my cousins, um, I will not mention their names, uh, but they did molest me when, you know, like I said, in between ages seven and nine. But I, I do, like I like saying earlier, it could have been in between ages six and eight, but I do believe it's between ages seven and nine. Um, it happened on multiple occasions. This is kind of where the good, se- the bad seeds, good seeds thing I was talking about earlier. So it happened on multiple occasions. And so very early on in my life, I was introduced to, you know, sexual things. Now, this was a male cousin of mine. And the crazy thing is out of all this is usually, it's not all the time, but usually when kids become, when kids get molested by males, they tend to go, you know, start having thoughts about other males. For me, never ever crossed my mind, ever, you know? So from that early age, I started to, you know, seek out, you know, uh, not even, I didn't start liking girls about in fourth grade, but I was still curious about them, right, sexually. Uh, so this is, you know, first, second, third grade, curious about girls sexually then. Later on, later on after, uh, you know, I was molested multiple times by one of my, uh, by a cousin. Uh, later on, I was also introduced to pornography from another family member. So, and this is all before the age of 11 years old. I first seen pornography when I was around, I do believe the age of nine or 10. And so being, you know, molested on multiple occasions and introduced to pornography, I started to watch pornography uh, daily um, in the fifth grade. So the crazy thing is Lecrae, the Christian rapper Lecrae, or should I say rapper that's a Christian, he was molested as well in the, he was molested in the first grade. And another crazy thing is, is he mentions in his book about understanding that he could tell what other kids were molested because of things that they were doing. And when I read his book, I'm like, dang, you know what? This person, this person, this person, this person was most likely molested as well. And I'm going to tell you guys something in this. I did not realize, and I I, I know you might hear like my face smiling because it's like, it, it's just crazy, but I'm not smiling at molestation or nothing like that. Let me explain myself. I did not realize that I was molested until I, I was like about the age of 12 or 13 years old. Like I looked back, I was like, it's like, I'll, you know, I learned like really what molestation, what, like being molested was. And so I was like 12 or 13. I was like looking back at, you know, me being, you know, elementary. I'm like, yo, I was molested. I remember the day I was like, I, I started realizing, yo, I was molested, you know? And so all those sexual seeds were planted in me at a, like I said, in elementary school. In elementary school, before fifth grade, before fifth grade, all those sexual things were planted in me. So I was going to church and I was watching pornography 
I was trying to seek God. I did not understand the one-on-one discipleship. I didn't, or I should say, I, I did not understand the one-on-one devotional life with him, the daily intimacy with him. I did not get the discipleship that I needed. So church really, I was living the religious life. I was cursing down homosexuals. I was cursing down people that didn't believe in God. I was that Christian to say, F you, you don't believe in God. You know, if you don't believe, you know, I was that Christian getting big arguments at school. Um, not talk about God a lot at all, but if you say anything about him, you know, I'm going to say something. Now let me piece this together. When I was going to church, oh man, like I said, growing up in church, I experienced very supernatural things. Very supernatural things. The presence of God heavy on me. Pastors and leaders praying for me. Getting prophetic words over me saying that, you know, God has put a, a, a mighty work in me. He's put a big, he's called me to a, some, he, he has a big calling in my life. And I did, and I still do believe it. And, and I believed it then. And so I would go from experiences and I would go after, I would go, I would come from experience, 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 experience after experience, experience after experience, experience after experience with the supernatural love and presence of God in and out of church, um, multiple times a week, twice a week, usually. And I'll go run back to pornography. Go back to the feeling. Go back to the rush. You know, um, knowing porn stars by the name. And even to this day, I still know porn stars' names. Because that's a scar on me. So I'll go to these camps. People get words over me. Know I was struggling with lust. Say these things. I wanted to stop. I couldn't stop. Go back at it. Go back at it. I had different masks. Never cussed around my parents. My parents may have knew I cussed, maybe not. Maybe my supposed sister told them I don't know. You know? I was a man of masks. A magician. Like straight up. Put on this mask for this person, this mask for this person. This mask for this group of people, this mask for this group of people. And I started just to understand it. You know? And so I was in this battle all the time was, I believe in you, Jesus. I know what you've done, but this is just my thing. This is just what I do. And it affected the way I looked at women. It affected the way that I thought. It consumed me so much. You know, it was a nine to five when I was in high school. It was understanding people's schedules. See, I was a kid that reads encyclopedias growing up. Like, straight up. Like, like I read encyclopedias growing up. Not like, you know, uh, front to back, but go through, look at these different facts. I was a kid that knew all these facts and everything. Like, that was me. That was me. And so, like I said, my mind, I understand my mind's like a computer. Everybody's mind's like a computer. I said I got these, these file cabinets. So I would just download stuff and I would store. Store people's schedules, you know. And, and became so good at it of not getting caught. If I come to close to getting caught, knowing ways to lie around it, knowing ways to get past it, like straight up. So this was nonstop on repeat, nonstop on repeat. Definitely from 12 to 17 years old, those, uh, those five years right there, it was a daily thing. It was an everyday thing. Like a smoker has to smoke a pack a day. That's me. One time a day, multiple times a day, whenever it is, whenever I can watch pornography, I will watch pornography. I'm not talking 20 minutes you know, at a time, sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, whatever. I'm dead serious. Like, dead serious. So, 
I was running to those things. I was running to those things. And just to let you all know, this is a season finale, so I'm going to go a little bit longer than normal. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit longer than normal because I want y'all to really hear this. All right? So, me going back and forth with this, battling these things, Ederson started attaching to it. Ederson's immediately started attaching to it. I grew up in hip-hop culture. So I always like my top three. I grew up, this is what I was listening to in elementary. I, I mean this with my whole heart. Like people like they, you know, people, they they think they know what they know about hip hop and stuff like that and all this stuff. I grew up nonstop from the age of five years old listening to Eminem, DMX, and Lil Wayne. In kindergarten, I was in, in first grade, I was bumping, I was listening to DMX, I was listening to Eminem, I was listening to Lil Wayne. All right, like straight up. Then, matter of fact, I, I, when the Get Rich or Die Trying album came out, I had it. I got it for Christmas. I went to Walmart to get it. That's it, like straight up. Remember the uh, uh, remember remember the thing LimeWire? I think it's called LimeWire. You can get free explicit. My mom thought I had cut. Nah, we running explicit over here. So again, I just started downloading hip hop culture. So now and. In the school I went to, and just the, all the influences. So now, you know, I got pornography in my life. I got hip hop explicit culture in my life. So now, you know, the sex is the the how should I say the sexual um, the I how I'm trying to I'm trying to piece this together so you understand it. It was layer on pop. It was layer on top of layer on top of layer of just sexual desires. It was layer, everything was feeding the pornography sin. Everything was feeding it. So from hip-hop culture, because everything is so sexualized in hip-hop culture, not everything, but in the early 2000s, let's just go back to some of those songs and read some of those lyrics. If you're a lyricist like me, uh, yeah, you can go back there and you can go ahead and read them. <laughs> Very sexualized. I just listened to some DMX and Lil Wayne and Eminem songs. Some of the most explicit rappers of our time. <laughs> so... Uh, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of things in the witch pot. All right. There was a lot of things in the pot, and so that was my life. And I was a cliche light skinned dude chasing all the light skinned girls, and you know, wanting that life. So I know you're thinking, all right, you hype this up. When did things change? So. Like I said, growing up, I experienced very supernatural things with Jesus. So did my brothers, so did my sisters. My mother, she's also experienced dark things. Uh, my mother, my sister, a lot of women in my family, they have the ability to see spirits, uh, demonic entities. And my mom, uh, you know, sees, I'll probably bet she sees things weekly. And uh, around, you know, going around town and things like that. And so, once again, early on in childhood, I was exposed to the supernatural um, on the God level, but also on the demonic on the demonic level. And um, I don't see, but I've experienced things. And, um, you know, because of these supernatural encounters, I just knew God was stronger. I knew God was more, but I was terrified of those things. So let's, let's just cut to the chase. I built this up so much for you guys, and this is what a testimony is all about. This is, this is how Jesus saved my life. 
I was 17 years old, senior year. I was big man on campus because uh, my senior year only had two classes because I already had all my credits except for those two that I needed to graduate. And actually, I think I had more. I just was taking them because I had to take them. And so first semester, I had like three classes. Second semester, I had two. And you're saying, like, why do you say this? Well, because it's just more time to look at pornography. <laughs> it's plain and simple. I mean, go to wake up at 5 or 5, 5.30, you know, be at school. Only have to go to school. You know, school starts at like 7.10, 7.15. Get to go home at 9.30, you know, get to watch pornography for a couple hours, like straight up. So, um, so this one time... It's a normal schedule for me. <laughs> I'm home. You know, it's afternoon. And I decide, you know, it's normal routine for me to uh, to watch pornography. So I'm watching pornography, and a demonic thought enters my head that I never had before ever watching pornography. And I want to share this because there could be someone out there that's struggling with pornography, and there could be someone out there that may think that they're alone at things that they watch but when it came to pornography for those you know for the five intense years that I was a part of like just living that I watched a lot of stuff okay yeah I'm real you ever watch Mike Todd I, you know so I watched a lot of stuff and a lot of things did not affect me until this day so I'm watching pornography and demonic thought enters my head a homosexual thought. Now, check this out. Um, never in my life have I ever thought a thought like that. Ever. And it scared me to death. Like I said, I used to say, F homosexuals and beep this and beep, I'm dead serious. Like, and what happened a long time ago, um, you know, with my cousin, it never affected me in that way, ever. But I believe those seeds were planted and the enemy was watering them through pornography and seeing everything I was seeing in pornography, the enemy went for it. And when I mean this thing terrified me, it terrified me because it was a thought that was not mine. It was a thought that entered my mind randomly. It, it entered my mind in the middle of fantasizing over women while watching pornography. That's why it was a thought of not my own conscience. Something supernatural overtook me at that moment. It scared me and terrified me so bad that I don't know if you guys ever got in tr really bad trouble with a parent, really bad trouble in school. Just like you know you did something so horribly wrong that your heart sinks into your stomach. And that's what happened. And, you know, I called my youth pastor up, talked to my youth pastor about it. And my youth pastor, you know, I, I thank Jesus for him all day, every day, because... You know, he really came into my aid um, when it came to that, and I was able to immediately talk to him about it. I didn't eat dinner that day. I remember my mom, she was going to get my sister, uh, my little sister from school, and I remember telling my mom before she went out the door, like, I'm so hungry. When she came home, she made burgers and all this stuff. Like, I still remember, like, it was yesterday. I remember, well, I'm telling you this right now. I remember, like, if this was yesterday, you know, this happened almost, this happened almost seven years ago. And so, you know, I not only felt my heart in my stomach, uh, let me tell you like this, my heart was in my stomach for the next three to four days. And check this out. 
Let me tell you something even crazier. The thought was there uh, nonstop from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. I literally had to brush my teeth and literally, and literally say blah, blah, blah in my head because I didn't want to hear it. And th- though that first week my pastor sent me scriptures and I read these scriptures and I decided to, to call out to God, to call out to Jesus during the times that I would normally watch pornography because I was scared to death because I didn't want to watch pornography again and then have that thought, even though that thought was still there. And so I was seeking God. I was reading one scripture a day, one scripture a day, sometimes every other day. And I would just say, God, I don't want this anymore. Help me with this. I was seeking him and calling out to him. So after that three to four days, a couple of days passed, and I'm feeling better. And that's when the enemy attacks me again. Another supernatural thing. The the next events I'm about to tell you, this happened, I do believe, over the course of two weeks. Again, this is something that uh, kind of they kind of uh, mend together. So over a course of about eight to nine days during my school week, I was woken up at the middle of the night, two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And uh, when I would wake up, you know, I would instantly um, become aroused. I would instantly, you know, in my conscience, hear things of watch pornography, uh, watch this porn star, look up this porn star in the middle of the night, you know. And those days were very tough for me. And, and so I would start to, and during those, those eight to nine days, 10 days, I just started calling out to God. And one night in the middle, in the middle of those, that time period, I heard a still voice. And it was a, it was a different voice than what I was hearing to tell me to look up those porn stars. And at the time, I know now it was the Holy Spirit. At the time, I did not know who that was. And so I hear this still voice tell me, like, go to Psalms this, go to Psalms that. So instead of, you know, crying and, you know, instead of just like just wanting this, these thoughts to go away, I looked up, I opened up the book of Psalms and I started reading it. And let me tell you something. Everywhere the Holy Spirit told me to go, it meant so much to me. It was exactly what I was going through. It's exactly what I needed to hear. And I was reading it in the word of God, straight up. I began to cry tears of joy because I was like, man, God is actually understanding what I'm going through. He knows what I'm going through. So after those eight, nine days pass, you know, the next couple weeks pass, I do fall one or two more times. And then I was done from there. And that still voice, I should say that voice is still with me today because of going through that and the Holy Spirit breaking past those strongholds, the Holy Spirit's voice breaking past all those temptation voices, all those urges, and hearing that small, still voice every single day from that moment, I decided, I said, Holy Spirit, or God, I want to hear you more. And he started speaking to me more and more and more. And then I was having full-on conversations with that voice, with the Holy Spirit. And I developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit uh, that first semester of my senior year. And I decided right then and there, I said, Father, I'm always, always, always going to be in partner with your voice because of how important it is and what it did. 
That's my testimony. From being molested, through growing up in a broken home, through battling challenges uh, at, at four, five, six years old of custody battles, going through certain traumas. I know my trauma isn't as much as other people, but God showed me so much favor. God allowed me to encounter his love over and over again. He was forever faithful in my life. The word of God says, for when we are unfaithful, he is always faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Meaning that when we are doing bad things, even right now as we're Christians, he will not deny himself. He, he's not a liar. He cannot lie. God cannot go outside of his own character. Therefore, when we're doing bad things, he's still going to be faithful. He's still going to give you favor. He's still going to give you joy. He's still going to give you peace because that's who he is. Like I said, my relationship with God is fun and it is serious. Serious because you need him. You need him to be alongside of you. And because I understand his power. The devil, you're stronger than him if you have Jesus in your life. Straight up. The devil doesn't have the opposite power of God. It doesn't exist. Hollywood played y'all. If y'all still believe that, it's not Harry Potter. Where the, the evenly good and evilly wicked power. And this one's just dark power. And this one's just good power. Like Star Wars and, uh, you know, the Jedi's and the dark side. It's not like that. You right now, listening, you're stronger than the devil if you have the Holy Spirit in you. Straight up. Why? Because you can tell the devil no. Those that know Christ, you have the decision to tell sin no. Those that do not have Christ do not have the decision to tell sin no because for they do not know right from wrong. For the wicked do not know what they do. They know what they do, but because they are lost, they don't know. So God changed my life my senior year. The Holy Spirit spoke multiple nights, leading me straight to the scriptures, and I decided right then and there I'm going to dedicate my life to Christ. I'm going to Dedicate my life to the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. I did, not get I did not get discipled my senior year at all. So going into second semester, the Holy Spirit sat me down and discipled me. That was my discipler for the first, uh, let's see, um, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, until I shipped out. So the first seven to nine months of my relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit discipled me. <laughs> not a human being. And because of that, it developed a, let's say, a tick in me that some people haven't developed yet because they, 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 decide, they decide not to seek the Holy Spirit as, which I do. And again, I understand everybody has their own testimony, but for me, that's what it took. That's what it took for me to wake up. I was going to stay in that routine. I was going to stay in that pattern for the rest of my life. And matter of fact, I would actually went the trajectory of consuming myself, you know, at either probably being a homosexual or bisexual. No, dead serious. Dead serious. 100%. 100%. But because the good seeds planted in me in Sunday school and having, and having pastors and leaders pray over me growing up from the age of four all the way through 18 years old growing up in church. But prior to that, so age four to age uh, uh, 17, all those good seeds that were watered and those sermons that I heard and, and, and God... Uh, putting favor over me and grace in my life and my parents praying for me when I didn't even know and, and people praying for me that I didn't even know, that's what it came down to. By the grace of God, I knew that that thought was not of mine and I knew that I needed God. I hope everybody was encouraged by my testimony. You know, for a while, I would always, for a while, it, it took a year after I knew the Father in a relationship with him, when I was sharing my testimony, he, in a way, 
He said, hey, you need to share, your, you need to share that you was molested multiple times. I said, all right, it's time. So when I started sharing that, you know, it's just power behind it. I don't know why I just said that, but I just think it's, it's for somebody out there. There's nothing in your life that God cannot change. There's nothing in your life that God does not already know about. You being honest with him, you being honest and intimate with God will change your life forever. And that's something that I learned very early on in my life. Again, I didn't know the title of being honest and the title of being intimate with God. Um, I was just doing it and I had no idea that I was doing it. And then later on when I matured with him, I started understanding those uh, theological words or biblical words, whatever you want to call them, cliches, you know. But I love everyone that listened today. I, I think that it was long overdue and I hope I didn't bore you too much talking about kind of like me growing up. Um, my testimony is simple, man, and a lot of people have a similar testimony to mine, but I just know that every time I tell it, it touches at least one heart, and I love you guys so much, and so thank you so much for tuning in to Tent Talk. I know I kind of, you know, I went on almost double the time, but I know it'll be worth it um, in the end when this is all said and done. There's other things, you know, I could tell you about, and, and but you, I think you guys already know some of it because, you know, of things that transpired from preaching and things I shared, but that's my whole cut case, you know, cold case testimony right there, closed right now. Um, I just love you guys so much, seriously, and I, I appreciate you for listening. I love every single one of you, and I, I want you to go out this week, today, whenever you listen to this. I want you to share your testimony with somebody that's never heard it or share your testimony again with someone that's already heard it just because there's power in your testimony because you're, there's power in your testimony because your story, it is your story and it's the truth and it's the gospel. I love you guys. Have a good one. I'm out. Peace.